I was wondering. I thought you might have had bars, honestly. I was like, Oh, oh no, no. Maybe my, was... my freshman year of college, my friend Chad could freestyle like crazy. And he asked me to try one time and I got three bars in. And it did not go much further than that. But he said it didn't stink. So uh, you know, that's that's my claim to fame, I guess. It didn't stink at freestyling. Hey, I think you could do it. I think you I th- can pull I, it off. I, I think I just get in my own head too much. You know, I'm a I'm a chronic overthinker. So so freestyle is there. tough for someone like that. Yeah. I feel you there. But we're here <sighs> to pay the mm-hmm. bills. Jake and we Wake. Hey. We came back together here for what we thought would be a joyous affair. And it's anything really but this is gonna be an episode this is a full funeral. of joy. We're gonna we are gonna try to make this as joyous as possible eventually. We, we have to we have to start with the important things though first we have to start with the other day jim trotter's allegations against the nfl and nfl owners including terry pagula and jerry jones so let's start with the facts of this of this story and then we will go into conjecture from there want to lay it out there's a very good sat word by you by the way conjecture thank you yes yes. um so he is suing the nfl for racial allegations i'm not going to read the affidavit i'm not going to read the quotes you can go look them up got the internet they are not and we encourage you to do so and we encourage you to do so yes because that this is going to be a major crux of this whole thing so Mm -hmm. the the lawsuit is out there the allegations are out there for all to read it was um allegations of certain quotes from terry bagula and certain quotes from jerry jones also today about the bills Bengals game and the owners wanting to start the game back up which is something that i think we knew about but said that he was told not to report on it so just different allegations are coming out the owners came out, all 32 of them corroborated, and other witnesses in the room together. Um, I believe they shared it with the AP and through like Buffalo News, where I saw it first. But the story came out basically denying all allegations, said they were completely false. And that's where we stand. There's a lawsuit, and it's one man alleging many things race of and all in the name of racial discrimination against the 32 NFL owners and the NFL network. Mm-hmm. 
I just, I'm not going to offer any opinions into the case. I made that mistake the other day. We don't have enough information. I'm not going to admonish anybody or anything. It's one man right now, his word against the NFL owners. And I want to make that the point. I am a public relations professional in my life, my, my day job. I study this stuff all the time, see how organizations respond to crises and, and to allegations and how, they, how quickly they move into action. And I just want you to consider that this is one man alleging racial discrimination against a group of 32 billionaires who in the past, in the past, have not exactly supported racial causes or black causes. We can bring up, I'm not having a Colin Kaepernick conversation on here, but we, you can start there. You can have a, opinions on how you feel about it one way or another. But there are stances within history of the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years of context of how the owners have treated situations like this. And also just historical context of corporations and people with a lot of power and money being able to shut people up because they just don't have those resources. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but you just need to consider before you go and just back up Jim Trotter or all the owners and the billionaires and, and everybody else that we're dealing with they're First of all, they're not people, you know, so you can't make any judgments beyond that. But second of mm -hmm. all, please consider your sourcing and please consider why and how the news you are receiving is coming from and why you should be hearing it because yes. that both of those things, honestly, they're both, he said, she said enough where you shouldn't believe either of them a hundred percent, but you can't believe just because all the owners said together that that's fact too, because they're going to protect themselves and they have every reason to work together and protect themselves and no incentive not to. And yes. so just please consider sourcing, please consider where you're getting information of, and please just don't victim blame immediately. Let's get the information all together yes. too, before we do anything else. That's really the, the main crux of it. And if it is true, then we, we will have a deeper conversation about what that means for everything related to Buffalo sports and, and anything else. But, but mm. that's where I yeah. kind of stand with it point exactly um i think you said it perfectly there's not much more to harp on honestly i mean you know i i think and, and what you say about considering sourcing and considering what you're hearing who you're hearing it from and why those individuals not even jim trotter and the owners but the people reporting on it why are they reporting on it what facts are they telling you what are they not telling you the the most important class i ever took in college was in my one year at buff state it was called media literacy mm -hmm. and it was all about that and to any college kids watching parents watching whether you're right or left you cannot say that it's not important to understand media literacy it is very very important and the multiple perspectives to multiple perspectives saying. not being closed-minded and if you argue that, oh, you're just trying to brainwash and blah, blah, blah. No, we want you to be able to make your own informed opinion about anything that is happening in this world, about any topic. It can be about the right way to cook a, a steak. I don't care. But, like, read the article and understand where it's coming from. If it's the liver king, you might not want to believe what the guy's saying about how you eat red meat. You know, the kind of things like that. And that's really diluting it and making it really, like, something far less significant than what this is. But 
I highly encourage if you can find an online course on media literacy or anything like that, or if you're going to be in college or your kids are going to be in college, encourage everyone you know to be media literate because that's what is very important right now. We don't have enough facts. We have enough evidence from the past to believe that racial discrimination does happen in the NFL. 110%. Painting end racism in the end zones is not enough to say the NFL has never been racist. 110% no. And they so, took it out of the end zones too. So <laughs> great, great example, me. Yeah, sure. So, no, no, that's it. No, it is a perfect yeah. example because they, they they had it, it really there. Is. They had it there, and then they were like, "Nah, we don't, we don't." Yeah, need we, it we ended racism enough. We yes. ended it enough by now. Yeah. Yes. So, so yeah, I mean, a long a long way to go about it to say, wait for more facts to come out. Always believe that victims have at least some element of truth to what they are saying. And that's the biggest thing about this yeah. in, in general, too, is that like maybe the exact, he, you know, he didn't hear it. Jim Prodder allegedly didn't hear it firsthand. It was from a source that he got it from. OK, so maybe the quote is completely isn't completely correct. But that doesn't mean that the sentiment or the, the energy in the room or discussion topics were around those things happening too. Like there doesn't mean that if it's not the whole truth, it doesn't mean it's the full thing, which is why we should wait as exactly. more of these things come out um, mm -hmm. to make this full is judgment. the beginning. Yes. That's the thing. It's the beginning. Yes. So and clearly it's going to keep, things are going to keep coming right too. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's going to be something to monitor if you're, if you're a fan mm -hmm. of just doing right by people i guess which is the theme of this podcast because jim trotter if, if every if what he's saying is even remotely true he deserved a lot better um mm -hmm. so i hope that that will we'll get some answers there um in a less i don't I, and it's a just a not less i don't know it's just a different scenario we're in yeah. because we oh, can't scenario, have fun sure. yeah on this podcast mm -hmm. um so there was an audio that leaked last night Hot um, mic. Yes, hot, hot, hot mics. Mic. Please beware of those hot mics. Mm. Of a reporter or media member in the field house who made some comments about Stefan Diggs, said that Steph does whatever he wants. He'll say F you, along the lines of those. Um, caught on a hot mic before his press conference. They leaked out. Um, it was Maddie Glab from the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> took mm -hmm. ownership, put out her own apology, notes app apology to Stefan Diggs. Great. And the Bills Great. community last night. And just as a journalist, owning up to a mistake. It's I mean that's 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 journalism 101. If you make a mistake like that, if you do something, you, you would own up to it. And I respect that. Stefan tweeted this at, shortly before that I thought we would be able to leave it at that. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, maybe it was wishful thinking, but Stefan tweeted yeah, yeah, yeah. today. I'll read through all his tweets. Uh, the audio shared was very hurtful, not all of them, but and was insulting to my character and to how I was raised. I've always treated people how I want to be treated. Greet everyone with smiles and respect from the people in our cafe to the people that keep our building clean and in order, which is something that him and Von Miller have both said. I've heard that line from them multiple times Yeah, um, over the course of interviews and everything else. Um, he then goes on to talk about how the media confuses his competitiveness for he can confuse his competitiveness for who he is as a person but off the field. He's respectful. Um, and he says, it's hard to fight neat preconceived notions about you. And this is why he doesn't like dealing with the media. He understands that you all have a, everybody has a job in the media, um, but that 
Remember that I'm a human. And if it ever made you or any of us feel like you can't approach me, I apologize. Time to lock back in forward focus. That was a summary of the tweets, but the gist of it, um, you kind of got there. Again, there's no admonishing here. I respect, you know, people make mistakes. There's two lessons to learn. Cameras rolling, mics rolling always, especially if you're in the media, just, mm -hmm. just be careful and just always be sure to treat people in any room, how you treat them. If you were in the same room as them, it's a good lesson yeah. to have. Um, I respect Maddie for coming out, apologizing, everything, but it's unfortunate. Oh, yeah. on, who's just, this just feels like a straw that broke the camel's back with these tweets yes. and everything else too, because he's been somebody that's been under media. I, I don't want to say fire, but just the microscope all summer. Yes, the microscope was the perfect Really word. not even summer since, since January, since, since the end of the season, and he, he mentioned that on the Vaughncast yesterday too, on, on Vaughn's podcast. He's like, I've been, he's like, I know the image that I left off and I know that that sits with everybody. Like he's a very aware of the He's very self-aware. Yeah. If you don't think he is, you're so wrong. You really are. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's- No, just, keep going. It's fine. It's so aggravating because like, I truly believe until the chatter started in the off season, there was no way that he wanted out of this city and based on how fans have maybe talked to him on social media or now this, like it's hard to imagine that as hard as a hundred percent here now. Now, now he is a professional. He is a consummate professional and he has never, you don't be the captain of a football team based on talent. Can we also say that? Like you don't, just because you're the best football player on your team, you're not going to be a captain. Stefan Diggs has been a captain ever since he got to Buffalo because of how he carries himself. And Sean McDermott will not, you know, yes, it is a player vote, but you can't say Sean McDermott doesn't have some level of input or influence on who could be voted on to be a captain. If Stefan Diggs did not conduct himself exactly the way that he says he does with respect to everyone, no matter who they are, you see him after games, tossing the ball around or before the games, tossing the balls around with kids and everything, taking so much extra time, happy go lucky guy. Like, like th there is, there is such a disconnect, I think, between who Stefan Diggs as a person is and how people perceive him, as he said, because of his competitiveness. And it is just very, very aggravating to see it all kind of manifest here over the off season and now less than a week into the season. And I know that, you know, I don't think Maddie meant, and I, I'm not going to speak for her. I'm not going to. But I imagine she did not really mean he says fuck you to me when I say hello to him. I think that was hyperbole. I think it was an I think it was a conversation among friends and colleagues. Exactly. And he's Stefan Diggs. He knows who he is. And, and you know, the, the last thing is, you know, what you say about treating people in private how you would in public with them around. You know, the, the, the ideal, the idea of character is who you are in private, not who you are when everybody's watching, you know, it kind of just goes on the same thing. Treat people with respect, whether they are around or not. And if you're going to say something about someone in private, be prepared that you could be saying that to their face as well. You know? Yeah. That's it. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Love you. So Love you, Stefan. Yeah, stand, yeah, with with fourteen all uh, the whole way through, all 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 the way. And it, and if he does want out and he's gone after this year, I'll never. He's 
my one of my yeah. favorite bills ever, no matter what. I don't think we're getting that point. I think they're going to be fine this week. I, I, really I don't think, think he's going to force his way out. I don't. Think I said will. this to Maniac on Tuesday on Trainwreck tonight that I have more excited for this, this Sunday's game than I was going into last Monday, even before the game, because now I feel like. Whatever actual, whatever perceived doubts were happening as we switch into, let's let's switch into football gear here. Yeah. Um, And (laughs) great. Because Monday night, I mean, it was, it was, it was a thing. It was a, it was was a roller coaster. It was a roller coaster for sure. What time did you get to bed? Can I ask you that? Um, well, hmm. Twitter got me for a little bit because I was pretty tired and I laid down and then I was scrolling, doing scrolling. I'd say like 12, 15 central time. Okay. I got, I fell asleep around 2 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It was not good. It was not good. I was on my first Twitter rampage in a very, you were, see, I woke up and I saw your, I saw you going off late in the night. Actually, I did. I had to, I had to, it was, (laughs) it was so therapeutic. It's like the first time over the summer when I threw a golf club, it was like, "Ah, yeah, it's true. It does feel so good to throw that golf club sometime. It does. Yeah, I really do. But so Monday night, like I, I am more excited about Sunday because I think whatever perceived doubts, there were now there's now they're real now now everybody's got ammo i tweeted out right after like every national take that was super biased and was like we could have defended against they all just got their fodder for the rest of the season and it's because monday night football it's because at 20 the most watched monday night football of all time it's because it happened against an aaron Rodgers list jets Mm -hmm. nobody in the world expected i mean just then when you talk about roller coaster can i talk about something Sure. I hate roller coasters, by the way. I'm not a big roller coaster fan either. Good but can we talk about Josh Allen for a second? And no one would want, no one's going to bring this up on first take on any Bills, like any Bills discussion on any national TV show or anything like that. Anyway. But let's just consider, jo- as we, as I like to talk about the human beings of these sports. Yes. And you know that. Let's talk about Josh Allen, the man who I heard. I think three different podcasts this year, and I'm sure multiple more say that Aaron Rodgers was his idol, um, was becoming a great mentor and friend to him. I know they've golfed together. I pretty, sure they, pretty sure they said they texted like every single day at one mm-hmm. point, or they and they talked before games. I just and, imagine Josh Allen laying on his bed on his stomach with his like his legs up. He's he had Aaron Rodgers poster in his room. I know he said that before. Like he had You know the Rodgers meme of like the guy and the girl texting at night and it's like really dark and purple. That's Aaron That's Josh. him. That's literally That is them. That's legitimately them. So imagine yeah. being that man watching your idol pop his fucking Achilles in front of the world, in front of the world. I'm sorry and then think about the last time this team played on fucking Monday night football too. And just like being like, what the hell is happening in my, like, it's not the same, not as serious, obviously, but still like just traumatizing things to see, like just something that is, I don't know. Just, I just didn't think about that until like yesterday. And I'm like, man, like, I don't know what I would do if I was playing my idol in one of the biggest football games, season openers ever. Maybe this biggest, one of the biggest week one games, literally in the history of the league. And you see something like that happen. Like, 
I just feel like your mind wouldn't a guy who is naturally all over the place, like calm is like we're trying to get him to calm all the time. Feels yeah. like that might have had a, an effect on him in the game. You can't talk about and you can't bring that up. It's not actual reason. This is pure just speculation, everything, but just yeah. trying to consider what emotions could have been going through and yeah. explain a super sporadic performance. And I feel like that has to be taken into account. And please, Aaron, I hope Aaron, I hope we see him next year. He seems like I really do back. too. And that's now so I'm tough. cheering for him because that's fucking terrible. That's stupid. I never thought get I'd rid of turf, that. get rid mm-hmm. of turf, all of it. Like it's so ridiculous. His foot would have just slid if that wasn't a turf field. It's there's so many different things, but and it was so sad. Like we talked to Rob Ryan. I felt so bad for Rob Ryan and just mm-hmm. Jets fans. Like who cares? Like I don't care if I don't like any of those teams. That's just weak. Like it's just it's inconceivable still for me to think that I watched that happen. I legit thought it was, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. I legit thought he was pulling like WWE shit. And he was going to Undertaker out of a coffin or something. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I was like, oh, he hurt his ankle on the first drive. Yeah, Yeah. he's running back out there at halftime. He's going to, he doesn't care if they're down 14 points. He's going to bring them back. And that was, Mm -hmm. it was a nice reminder that sports is real. This is real life. That shit don't happen. Um, but shout out Aaron. I hope he comes back. But it's just like, mm-hmm. just that's we all that that we just talked about was the first like five minutes of this game. That yeah, this game. it was a literal his 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 Jets career was a literal New York minute. Like actually, it, it right. defines the phrase. And and it's it was really sad. I had a friend, a Jets fan, who was at the game. And, and he had a, such a bad weekend leading into it. I guess he went to some music festival in New Jersey that got rained out all three days. But before it got rained out, he lost his phone at the festival and had to buy a new one. Oh, no. And then he goes to this tailgate and he's just emotionally depleted. And I'm here watching the game with his girlfriend, Victoria. And she says, you know, I know you don't need to hear this, but Zach really needs a win tonight. Like he's had a really bad He's had a bad week. He's had a worse weekend. Like, he really needs this. And then Aaron Rodgers goes down, and I'm like, oh, my God. My poor friend might not make it back from New Jersey this weekend. And and we were we were texting the entire time. And when he started to start chirping back, I said, you know what? You guys are going to sign Carson once. So I have no sympathy. You know, you know it's going to get worse. I promise you. But in that moment, it was just like I'm sitting there on the floor of my friend's apartment watching this game thinking – this isn't how I wanted to win. And over and over again, I say, you know, I'm really upset we're going to win this way. And I kept saying it and I kept saying it. And I see, oh, wow, the bills are minus five and a half. I'm going to hammer that live right now. And, and, you know, I think everybody got a little too complacent. And, you know, I think that on, before I get into that part, your note about Josh is is completely valid. You don't know how pe- everybody reacts to information and stimuli, if you will, if we're going to use a scientific mm-hmm. term, in very, very different ways. Whether it's information or something that just happens in front of you, something you experience, everybody reacts differently to everything, both in mind and action. And Josh... He's not like Joe Burrow, right? Joe Burrow, I think they said, like, his resting heart rate is so low, he could be a serial killer. Like, his resting heart rate in in serious moments. Josh is not like that. He's erratic, and that's what we love about him, and that's why he's a great quarterback. Yes. But it didn't manifest well for him last night, and it didn't manifest well throughout the entire team because – 
we went a quarter and a half, and I guess this is where we pivot to maybe possibly Dorsey. We went a quarter and a half without targeting Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. And I think if Aaron Rodgers was in the game, we don't do that. We put the pedal to the metal. Like, I remember, was it two or three years ago now, where the biggest criticism of the Bills was they kill the really bad teams and they barely beat or lose to the good teams. And last night, three years ago, Bills would have been a game where they really, really killed a bad team. But I think there was – when was it? I think it was in the Brian Flores lawsuit, if you remember. In that, somehow baked into there, was a little paragraph about how Brian Dable didn't like working with Sean McDermott. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because Brian Dable was <laughs> kick their teeth. Which is crazy. Fucking Campbell. I want to curb stomp these bitches. And we're going to win by 30. So no matter what happens – a game is never in doubt. And yep. McDermott is very much not that. He is very conservative. And I think Dorsey doesn't necessarily have an issue with trying to win a football game that way. And I think with this quarterback, I think you kind of need to. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of great points you made through there. There's the the, the relationship, whatever the relationship is with Dorsey, Josh, and McDermott, there's there's a there's a different dynamic than yes. there was with McDermott, Dable, and Allen. Now there's a couple of things that can be spoken to that. One, my theory, I think there, I get, I think I have two working theories now because I think that Josh is also a 26 year old, 250 million dollar quarterback or whatever that total money is, and he's yeah. going to have a lot more say than he would have had when Dable is you know screaming at his face in the New England game or just. 100%. Even 2020, when he when the, the really the breakout year, um, and touch on the 2020 thing, which is funny enough, that still remains his best year. And you talked about Joe Burrow and the erratic play of Josh Allen. It maybe 2020 is the anomaly year because Josh wasn't in front of the crowds, and I know that was a ridiculous thing to say, but now it's all the evidence we have, bro. It's all the it evidence we have. It is. And, and the funny thing about that is, and, and I don't want to speak ill on radio hosts in, in Buffalo, but someone called in to our local sports talk show station. I'm not going to say what time it happened. I'm not going to say yeah, the field yeah. call, but someone called in and said, I think Josh psychologically has an issue processing and making good decisions in the really high density moments. Mm-hmm. And that and I can't remember the entire thing, but she oh she brought up the idea of like cognitive behavioral therapy for him to help him be calmer when blood pressure is really really high, which is a really good I idea. Do th- I think Josh, if he did some yeah, if he did some CBT or he did some like some meditation techniques for an exactly. hour a day, he'd be yeah he'd, mm-hmm. he'd benefit. And, and, and the, the these hosts went on and said like oh so what do you want us to do hypnotize them? And they were like scoffing and making silly suggestions. At this, don't worry, Josh might need a, this female caller making it making sport about something that's not totally athletic related, and it was just it was kind of bothersome, honestly. And and I think it takes. I would love to have Robin on here to talk about that, honestly, because I think Robin could speak point. very oh, very. 100%. Well. We need to get Robin on here to talk about how Josh might might process these high intensity moments than any worse than other people. But yeah, no, it was, it was, I think that there might actually really be something to that caller. 
And here's the thing too, though, is it's because it's what you spoke to about like the adrenaline and Joe Barrow, who's even the whole time, is that because mm -hmm. you look at Josh and he can be super erratic. And he's definitely high tension in even these high situations. But sometimes, but he's also like they got right down the field and got in the field goal position immediately because, yeah, yeah. and that's what Josh does also. So when he's on his instincts and when he's not, you can tell when he's sitting there and process or trying to process and you can tell when things are just in the flow with him and i think mm -hmm. what you're speaking to here is something that if you i mean there's great books out there flow is one of them i can't the the adventures of superman there's two those are two great books about cbt and like the power of flow and like these are extreme athletes who do like free base climbing and things like that who talk about listen like you have to train your body when you train your body and your mind you can start doing things like you didn't know and those are people in way higher stress situations than josh allen's ever been uh, yeah, those people yeah. whose life are at stakes thousands of feet in the air with nothing else behind them who masters this. like yeah. saying mm -hmm. these things benefit you and can help you be successful so mm -hmm. i think josh could benefit from that and you know what this is he is here's another thing and this is why i really like when I, I do consider these things talking about Allen and honestly, any quarterbacks right now in the NFL, because this is the first time I've been the same age as any of these dudes. And yes. as much as anything, like, mm -hmm. I just like, there's, there's certain like life experiences and just things that I feel like every male can relate to at least an American male, especially to at least in some way. And it's just interesting to like, I don't know. You just like there's not enough humanizing in the NFL. I think that's the biggest thing of this podcast. Yes. As much as anything, there's not enough humanizing in the NFL. And we're just not considering that. And that's why if we're bringing this all the way back around to this week's game, I feel like this team is going to be like they have so much noise that if they're as close as they are and they're <laughs> supposed to be and they've been in the last couple of years that everything's turning inwards right now and they're going to come yeah, out yeah, yeah. guns blazing on Sunday but it's it's just interesting because the psyche of this team has been under the microscope all year long but it just seems like everything is explainable like all their anything mm -hmm. that has been going on with them chemistry wise locker room wise player by player like you consider the situations that they've had to endure as a team the fact that they haven't kind of gone crazy yet all with it's each incredible. other it is amazing yes it really yeah is. and to the people who are saying fire sean mcdermott like i don't know why you're saying that because he is the reason this team is still actually a team right now you know and it's and so funny because we like sit in two different worlds with mcdermott me and you because we're like there's no way like he's doing such an amazing job and he also pisses us off endlessly sorry he to pisses you off, me but... off to no end believe yeah. me However, uh, from, from just a leader of human beings perspective, I don't think you get better than that in the NFL. Um, speaking of leading human beings, back kind of on Ken Dorsey, I think Jordan Palmer made a great point. Uh, I think it was the Colin Coward show he was on when he basically said, you know, any issues with Josh right now, it's not Ken, it's not Ken, it's not something that Ken Dorsey is bad at. It's just something that Brian Dable was great at. And that was reining Josh in, keeping him cool, calm, and collected. Dable wasn't afraid to get in his face, also because he wasn't as established before Dable got there. But, you know, Dable and Josh had that more. I feel like Josh and Dorsey are closer to equals. 
than Josh and Dable were, you know, where Dable had some level of superiority over him, where Dorsey feels like he might kind of be bending to Josh at times. I don't know that as a fact, but I feel like there's just like a different dynamic in the relationship. But you know when, after a, a whole half of not moving the football down the field, you know what happened? You know who talked to Josh and then got him to get them into field goal range? Who's Stefan motherfucking Diggs on the sideline? Just taps him on the shoulder. He goes, "Hey, hey, just use your head. Use your head. We got this. Come on." That was think. apparently a bad thing. Apparently, that's really uncalled yeah. for, and another reason why Stefan Diggs is, should should be traded. Uh, but <laughs> literally, and I'm not going to say that's the only reason that that happened. Like maybe the play calling was better. It was better on that last drive. I'm not gonna not gonna kid you. It definitely was. Timeout management. Really bad. Talk about that in another day. But like Josh and and Diggs have that relationship where they can get in each other's face and they still come together and they still work. And I think that we need it's not it's going to make Diggs look worse. But I think we need Diggs to get in Allen's face more and just be like, hey, and that that wasn't even aggressive. That was him just saying, hey, use your head. We're good. Hey, 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 hey. His hand was out. His hand was out first. This was that speaks to. That speaks to what we were talking about with Josh earlier is clearly like Diggs knew that he was feeling some type of way the whole time and just trying to like, and, and the whole sideline was, and he was like, I saw so many reports about how Diggs was very active on the sideline the whole game, like doing yeah. those types of things because he recognized that they were all stressed the fuck out. And exactly. they, like, and they Diggs were like, like here we go again. We're good enough for this. We got this. And that's yeah. Diggs's job as a fucking captain. The one thing I think is crazy, and it's all—it's week one. It's—it's—it it's, was literally like if you could concoct a more, if you could concoct a more perfect, like week one storm of negativity for the Bills this year. I don't think they could have done better. The fact that the fact the situation. Yeah, they I don't in, believe that there's a writer strike anymore because <laughs> I think that they nailed it. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's why I was so sure Rogers was gonna like. Some music was gonna hit, like "Born in the USA" or something was gonna play, and he was. We're gonna be like, "What's going on?" Oh, it's yep. Aaron Rodgers, but like, mm, it'd be like, it, <laughs> I, I can. I thought of an of an artist of who would be playing, and it would have been very funny. If I <laughs> but alas, I do not. Um, <laughs> and I just think like the, they were set up in this game. We knew the tension was gonna be high just from the setting and the date and just the, the atmosphere and everything else. And then just the way the game broke out. Listen, if Josh turns the ball over four times, of course, they're not winning anything. But I just shoot, I'm just going to go with like the rest of his career that he's not going to do that every game. And he's probably going to play really good this game. And so I'm not taking it like week. It was the perfect storm of everybody fucking up, same problems rearing their head, even the special teams problem that we talked about in our podcast from the preseason like oh man i was kind of of concerned about that punt return that was annoying and of course it fucking comes back week one they can't cover punts like every bad thing possibly that could have happened yeah happened and now everybody's got fodder Mm -hmm. i even took him out of my contenders tier this week because i felt like if i put him there that i was gonna get like roasted i was like i just gotta just gotta knock him keep him there but i feel like this weekend is gonna be fine i feel good now (laughs) 
Yeah, as you said before, and this is a great segue to get into the Raiders, I guess, or what we're looking for to change or whatever, what, whatever we want to talk about next, honestly. But I do want to say, I said something I thought of, I, I thought of something funny before, before we got on. Oh, I didn't want to say it. You said we were thinking it was like the, they're basically playing the hits. It was like a greatest hits album of, of everything that could possibly go wrong in one Bills game. And it got me thinking, it's pretty much tracks 14 through 19 of uh of now that's what i call music 20 listen to this this is absolutely insane just the girl by the click five unbelievable song do you want to by franz ferdinand beverly hills sugar we're going down you and me by lifehouse and then fix you amazing six songs and i feel like as you go along they just get a little more somber and sad like oh sugar we're going down and then coldplay (laughs) playing as that final punt return I just it that was that was yeah. It was and a I, I also single. I said this on Trainwreck tonight the other day, but my first Bills game was 2002 home opener, Drew Bledsoe's first game, Chad Morton kickoff return for a touchdown in overtime. New York yeah, Jets great. win. So I felt like my life kind of came full circle watching the Jets win Good on this you. time a punt return in New York. Yeah. In the home in their home opener, I was like, "Oh wow, I've literally seen everything in my life. I've seen the Bills lose to the Jets in overtime in multiple mm-hmm. ways, multiple kicks. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Beautiful. You deserve that level of closure. I'm happy. <laughs> it really was. It, it felt like a level <laughs> of closure too. To move yeah. on to this week because I really enjoyed the chaos, and I'm a yeah. sicko now. I yeah, if the Bills I did not go down it. in flames. It's, yeah. I gave my friend seven seconds to me if he needed a ride home, and then I walked out the door. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> Well, go on. <laughs> so I'm excited about this week. I think they're going to stop the fucking yeah. Raiders. And we're going to – There's. it's not going to answer anything because everybody's going to be like, oh, the Raiders no. are not that good, whatever. But I just want to see them happy again. I feel like they're going to come out win 35 to 12. And now that I say that, I'm now I'm like having my anxiety set in and the offense is going to be slow and Max Crosby's going to hit Josh Allen like four times and it's probably going to be like 24 to 17 instead. Yeah. But I'm still excited. Yeah, I mean, I, there, there, there are two camps of people that will be here in this fan base after this game. There will be <laughs> the, see, we just beat the Raiders by 35. Everything's fine. And then there will be the, I learned nothing from this game. This is who we should have been all along. I learned absolutely nothing. Let's see it when we play a contender. And who's the next contender we play? Jacksonville in week five in fucking London. Oh, so like, We do get the Dolphins that week before. Oh, we do get the Dolphins week. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I'm not. I'm not sleeping on the Dolphins. Okay. I'm, not I'm scared. I'm terrified. As you heard in my voice right there, I'm terrified of the Dolphins. No, 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 no. no. That was a yes. great point by you. Um, that's that's gonna. <laughs> mm, ha, mm. But that I, that I, week, Dolphins mm. week for the the Bills are gonna win the next two weeks, and Dolphins <laughs> week is gonna be the most stressful week ever. It's going to be terrible. We need our friend Ghost of Adam Gase back because he was – Oh, he was great last year. He was great, and I've seen him underneath all of Stefan Diggs' tweets, like, get him out of there. So we really need him. Like, We we need need his energy because he's awesome. Oh, we really do. No, he was a great guest. He was great. Uh, But uh, you bring up Max Crosby, and I'm not like – I don't know where he aligns on the defensive side of the football. I'm not going to tell you he lines on the left or the right or moves around. There, that that's not me. Go go to cover one if you want that. I'll just plagiarize their material, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Any <laughs> any technical? If listen, if yeah, we say Craig anything Tom's technical, it's like from them. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, Eric. Exactly. Yeah. Or Eric. Anybody. Like their tweet. I will. I will read you the HTTPS link of their tweet that I get the information from. Or Nate Tice. 
that's those are my oh, those Tice. are my primary sources is mm-hmm. cover one and Nate Tice. So. But I, I I was pleasantly surprised by the offensive line. Connor McGovern was not great. I'll, that's fine. That's okay. If Mitch Morse is healthy, Spencer Brown did not play as bad of a game as that false start penalty in overtime that makes it seem. He was yeah. actually quite all right for playing against a top three, maybe the number one defensive line in football. And Torrance was and, great. And Tor- that's where I wanted to end is Torrance was the first round pick that he was projected to be that we got at 57th overall. Mm-hmm. And, and and if that's his peak for the rest of the year, what he did last week, that is a damn good rookie year for a rookie right guard, especially after the Cody Ford saga. I'm not that worried <laughs> about the Raiders defensive line making life that hard on Josh Allen. I think that we need, there are some things to be worried about with this team. I think the offensive line jumped a couple spots up the list of things not to be worried about. Yeah, and I think Josh hurt himself a lot in this game too. Like, there's yes. a lot of self-inflicted wounds. Uh, that's a lot of like. So I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna. Actually, the, the, uh, I'm gonna plagiarize Nate Tice because he's his video was the one going around of the all 22 of the Josh Allen leap, which is oh, one of yes. my favorite Josh Allen plays in history. I think mine was Warren Sharp. So, so you go off, and then I'll I'll be back. Yeah, but you see on that play that he tries to hurdle on third down. There, that pocket, like he can just step to the right, and it's a clean pocket again. And yeah. he he was bailing early, and he was he was looking to run. He was, and it's just he was erratic. And I think that yeah. that's one of the things he does when he's erratic is he makes his protection look worse because he bails out early. And I think that he was mm-hmm. running into Spencer Brown's guy a lot. That up. Yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I feel no, like we good. flow really well, and that that makes me feel like I'm interrupting. So I want to apologize, anyways. Perfect. However, uh, Warren Sharp and I will cite this: 11:39 p.m. on 9/11, Make a Wish 23. Uh, Josh Allen was pressured on 26% of his dropbacks. Do you think that's high or low? Mm, I, that sounds a lot. I if mean, you I could, if you could, out of out of all 32 teams in the NFL, how where would that rank out of Highest. all? Give me, give me a number, one through thirty-two. One. No, lower. Ten. Okay. Oh, okay. actually, no, tenth lowest of any quarterback. Okay. So it was very oh. good, actually. Yeah. Despite that, though, he took nine hits, which was the third most. Mm. Five sacks, which was the fifth most, while being sacked on eleven percent of his dropbacks, also the fifth most. So, Josh Allen creating more problems than we're there with the offensive yeah. line. And that's something that we need to see worked on. And I think this can be a good confidence building, confidence boosting game for him in his offensive line is what I'm looking for. A hundred percent. And like, listen, he, the, all, every stat we're naming, Josh fucked this game up. Like they could have, yeah, they had to do it too, which was very, he did. It sucked to hear again, but and he, he owned it. it and it speaks to his emotional level too, because you clearly, he was very down in that moment and just was not feeling himself. And I doubt he yeah. feels that way this week right now. He probably feels like he's going to play like a baller on Sunday again, but that's just the, the waves that this goes through. Uh, he created a lot of his own problems and yes. he can solve a lot of those things by just having more patience, letting the things come to him. But I do think there's silver linings that you have to look at is yes, it's the same as last year against the jets but yeah it's the same as last year against the jets like they were that was a 13 and 3 team who had trouble against the jets last year and that defense might just be their kryptonite we saw the browns fucking destroy the Bengals, who and they did that last year too and are we thinking any less of the Bengals this week 
really know. Not no, really I don't. Th- I don't think the no. general public. I think Joe the public has, is. On... Joe Burrow has been notoriously killed by the. He's lost. I, I heard. I wish I remember what podcast I was listening to, but Joe Burrow, his average uh, margin of defeat against the Browns, he's one in five against them all time. Average point deficit of fifteen points. Oh my god! And. I think that Joe Burrow and Josh Allen are both very lucky. They're both very lucky that they've had some, like, what, top 10 defenses in their division partnered with bottom 10 offenses. To be a great team, there is some level of luck involved. The Patriots dynasty, perfect example. Is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time? Yes. Did he have no competition for a first-round home playoff game for almost his entire career? Yes. You can say both. And I think that right now the Bills are very lucky that the Jets have a putrid offense with maybe the best defense in football, just like Joe Burrow. Maybe not this year now because the Browns offense might actually not be shitty. Um, you know, he's he's gotten lucky over the past few years that the Browns weren't more of a threat in the division. Yeah. So that's a weird tangent to go off on, but here we are. No, but I think it's it's within the context of this is that the Bills and the Jets, the Jets just play the Bills really well and play Josh Allen really well his whole career. And mm-hmm. it's it's something – it's all these things you have to consider in week one in a vacuum with everything to project the rest of the season. Here's the thing I'm looking at too. If that's the Josh – the bad Josh Allen game, I'm sure as hell happy it happened week one at the Jets. Like if you're going to do it, let's get it out of the way against the team that it's is clearly mm-hmm. – I think their most difficult test defensively on this schedule, the way that they play him. And now I feel like everything else, every other atmosphere, every other environment until they get to like the divisional round or the wild card or playoffs, whatever is going to be easier than what they had to deal with Monday night. I true, hopefully knock on wood, no Mm. crazy circumstances come up for the bills that they would have to be moved around or anything like that. But this feels like the craziest atmosphere circumstances game circumstance everything that happened that they will deal with in this game and i feel like i'm encouraged by that and if it gets worse then fuck dude then they're then it's gonna go crazy and we just have to embrace it like i don't know no 110 percent. and and stat that is not stolen shocker i know i i I really like to surprise you sometimes um so two of like over the last year plus one game year plus one game Three of Josh Allen's worst passing totals are 205 yards. And these are not the three worst, but they are three of like the bottom like six. 205 yards, 147 yards, and 236 yards. Can you guess the common thread between those games? It's Robert fucking Sala. He just Mm. knows what to do against Josh. That's just all it is. Like, I. I, And you know what? He knows what to do against Josh, too is have elite defensive lines and drop seven into coverage, which works against every quarterback ever. Really? Wait, you're t- – so, Jake, correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong. Are you telling me that other good quarterbacks are going to struggle against this Jets team this year and they might win a few games that they shouldn't? I think so. Shit. Maybe like they did last year. Wait, you're telling me <laughs> that this happened last year? And it has the potential to happen again this year because it's basically the same football team. <laughs> it's crazy. Jesus, I know. You, know what? you are it's so enlightening. I miss talking to you. <laughs> it's, I just, I love seeing 
I knew once that game ended, I was like, this week, and I'm sure all of us knew, like, this week is going to be so ridiculous now. And that's why I was, like, so excited. I was like, please, give me all the overreaction. Please bury the Bills. Tell Josh Allen he's not – I heard he's not even a top 10 quarterback from people. I saw that. I saw that Broncos article that said – the Broncos were lucky not to draft draft Josh Allen. That was, oh, oh. that was great. That was a good one. You know how um, bad it was when I didn't get the bet until they scored 16 on points on against the Raiders. I convinced myself for about 45 minutes that the Bills were not making the playoffs. That's how mm. bad I overreacted that I, evening. And I woke up and I was like, "Wow, that was dumb." <laughs> so I had a weird experience Monday night because my Man. phone was not charging during the second half. And I was like having, like, you know how your charger port gets all weird. Like I have an older phone right now too. Yeah. You gotta do that stuff. So I was doing that. I was like, well, I can't, I'm like, this game's too stressful. Like my phone's going crazy because I'm getting every bills game. I I'm bills therapist and I love it. I love my friends and family text me the whole through, but it's just a lot of me being like, they're fine. Everything's cool. Like, that's not that big of a deal. All those types of things. I try to, I try to just, you know, stay even keeled away. So I put my phone away and I came back and man, that phone looked, that phone was crazy. That phone looked some better days, man. <laughs> I was reading these. I was like, Oh man, we are really down bad. But then I had a call with my brother and we both were like, yeah, like he threw it. Like he's going to do this. We're kind of, we're kind of okay with it. And I was surprised that we were both kind of all there, but yeah, like he, it, if he throws four picks, if he throws three picks, has four turnovers, then he's not, they're never going to win. Like, you don't win football games that way. The fact that they went to overtime committing four turnovers should be the bigger story about this Bills team. And I really think they're going to be so it's, much better Sunday. It's like kind of the Chiefs last week and the Lions almost in a way. They all, the Chiefs, the Lions, and the Bills all played what probably might be their worst games of the season. Yeah. C-minus games, D-plus games. Yeah, Generously, yeah. yeah. And and the Chiefs and the Lions, luckily they were doing it against each other. And that stayed a one-score game. If, 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 and, like, if, the, if this is the worst that any of these teams look for the rest of the season, they're going to be golden. There's not many other teams you can say that about. If you said yeah. that about the Seahawks right now, you'd be like, nah, they could still lose 10 games. Yeah. When they were thought to be, you know, contending for the, you know, the, the, the that division, which is not going to be happening anymore. Um, last thing on the Bills, I don't know if it's the last the thing. Steelers the Steelers are, your your Steelers are a case of that too. That's going to be there. With my father. I am not my father. <laughs> I am not my brother. No, I had don't to do it. I had, I had no, to do it. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, I'm a Penn State. I'm, no, I'm happy to say my, my boycott on football is now over. As of as of actually 30 minutes ago, I said I was boycotting football until 7.30 p.m. tonight. So um, boycott on football is over. You did but, it. No, the Steelers, I though, I think is our candidate of that. That was their worst game. I that think. was – The, the Niners are – and it's just because the Niners – it doesn't even matter this year. If Brock Purdy's healthy, they're winning the Super Bowl, clearly. Like, I fucking fuck. guess so, dude. Um, <laughs> before we go into other things and this uh, sleeping segment that, that, I, that I thought of in the shower this morning – do you um, do you think what what do you want to see different from the run game, if anything? Um, I don't know. Them not okay. to draft guys in the second round. Fair. 
it's not even that's not even James Cook hate, but at this point, uh, like James they don't Cook. use him enough, and it's not worth it. He's not or in the right way. Or in the right way, and he's not a game. He's not game breaking. He might be very good. He's not going to be an elite Mm -hmm. running back. I don't think. Maybe he will, but not with the Bills. I don't think ever. And so I just think they use the resources poorly on three different occasions. Yes. See, I think that um, people were saying all off season that that James Cook could be like a three down back, and, and and I think he's very talented. I'm going to get hate. I don't think he's a three down back. Why? I don't think so either. Because he's 190 pounds. Yeah. It's simple as that. We're running a 190 pound running back between the tackles against the third, second, or first best team or defensive yeah. line in all of football. Why I think that's my biggest my question. Why, Santa? Why, Santa Claus, are you <laughs> taking my Christmas tree? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And then we're throwing screen passes to Damian yeah. Harris. We're screen passing Damian Harris and using James you know, Cook as a battering ram. I Let's try some role reversal. Let's go to couples therapy and try some role reversal with those guys. That's what I want to see. I'm done. I was wondering What's the same. I was like, why are these two guys? Yeah, I was like, why is James Cook or Damian Harris? Why was he the are they third wearing down each back? other's jerseys? Is Damian Harris wearing a wig tonight? Did James Josh, Cook cut his hair? Josh in the first quarter like threw a little like angle route, and I was like so expecting it to see oh, James Cook because I was like half paying attention. Yeah. And it's Damian yeah. Harris. I'm like, why the fuck is when is Damian Harris even? I've never seen him run that route in my life. Not at he's Alabama. He's a good, he's a good running back. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to me. It, 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 it was usage. and I think that's, that's the biggest thing. I guess not not. Uh, just hating on the draft picks of using it on running backs because I did I was fine with it at the time so I'm not going to hindsight. Oh, I was just, I was ecstatic about yeah. it at the time. But I think we were on here hyped up actually. Efficiently, you know, like I, know. I just wanted more of a committee. I wanted more Latavius Murray and Damian Harris because I think their best way their running game is going to be effective this year is if it's a varied running game, and I don't yes. want to see James Cook getting fifth. I don't. James Cook does not need to be Devin Singletary again. It, Devin Singletary didn't work. The way they yeah. use Singletary did no. not work. He's not good enough to lift that up. So you need to be mm-hmm. varied. Stop trading. And- stop trying to make three down backs happen, Sean McDermott. It's not happening. They're like yeah. fetch. It's not happening. And Josh Allen and them running Josh Allen on uh, read options, like wide read options, never needs to happen again. And, uh, the no. fact that they were doing that, some of the some of the stretch run plays that they were doing. This is really what annoyed me, I guess is they're trying to run to the outside, trying to get to the corner, running a lot of off-tackle stuff. It's like, why the fuck are you doing this against the best defensive line in the league who is just getting in the backfield in two seconds on these plays? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it was no, it never looked like it was a good scheme to attack them running. I think Dorsey's scheme passing was fine, and I think Josh missed opportunities. But the yeah. running game, I don't think was – I don't think that they attacked the Jets in a smart way that you should run at them. I, and, I and here's a great – segue back to Dorsey and and I don't know when this show is going to end. So, you know, Um, so that's all right. If you saw his quote today, my goal is to, is to watch Thursday night football. So here we are. Well, Um, we're pre, we can, we're pregame at this point. We got nine minutes. Yeah, we are at pregame right now. So that's fine. Um, Dorsey's quote today, Buffalo fanatics put out the video on their Instagram And I still have it pulled up, so I don't have to search it and blabber more than I already have. Ken Dorsey said they limited 
quote, limited some of those QB runs, designed runs, to take that mentality out of it a little bit. I understand not wanting Josh to get hurt. I do. And week one may not be the time to deploy break glass in case of emergency Josh Allen designed runs. However, I hope there is a time for that this year because without that has been the run game and to rip the bandaid off and make this offense stop smoking cigarettes, cold Turkey, and just be like, you know what? No, here's some cloves. You know, here's a little James Cook and Damian Harris, Here's some clove cigarettes. I think that's the most annoying thing about the offense more than anything last year is it felt like all this stuff about they were cooking up new things and everything else. It just felt like they were like, okay, James Cook, you're Devin Singletary now. Damian Harris, you're James Cook now. Deontay Hardy, you're Isaiah McKenzie now. Like it just felt like they were just like just established their roles and just went forward again when they yeah. you could have been more creative with how you got these guys involved. Trent Sherfield, I heard all this shit about Trent Sherfield. Barely heard his now name. The Dolphins hated hated losing him, right? Yeah, barely heard his name. Gabe Davis, everybody's hating. I mean, they're talking about wanting a better second receiver. I don't know if it was – that might have just been an Allen thing, but it's like, mm-hmm. man, I feel like they got weapons there and there's ways to do it. The last thing I want to talk about on this game. I might have one. one thing. Okay, well, maybe it's going to be the same thing because we need to talk about Sean McDermott and his missed opportunities because okay, as much as I gave him credit – earlier and said i'm not i'm not a guy that thinks mcdermott should leave fire any of these things um i think that you know teams kill for coaches that can win 10 games a year they would they would kill they for do. it a lot of organizations mm-hmm. would so you if can we are going to stand up for mike tomlin through his downish years we are doing the same thing with mcdermott go on if the steelers are these model organization then we should probably do the things like them <laughs> right okay I like this. that's I like where this. i that's where i so anyways i'm with mcdermott but the there are things he has to get better at and it's knowing in that moment once rogers is down it was fourth and two and they sent the field goal team out and in that moment i said okay sean i get i i've seen enough of these games i was like i know how sean's gonna play this the rest of the way i don't know if it's gonna work it's gonna be a shell he thinks zach's gonna fuck up zach wilson did not fuck up as much as he thought he was going to but that's the first missed opportunity because the second one is after that they're up 13 three and it's mm. the, the, the we saw it talked about a lot it was the penalty they didn't take mm. and mind you if they didn't take the penalty that's one thing but the fact the context is the play before greg Rousseau a should have sacked zach wilson at like their own 45 yard line and this should have been a punt and you go from there yep well, after you see him having that havoc, how do you not just push him back 10 more yards and just say, let's see what they try to do? And then if they get the 10 yards back, you're in the same spot. And it was just it was just the, the mindset he went into, and that permeated through the team. And then Josh clearly didn't agree with that mindset and wanted to be more aggressive, and it caused the main friction, I think, of what happened during yes. that game. And it's like you said at the beginning, Dable – was a guy I think that wants to go for people's throats. It's hilarious that they lost 40 to nothing than the week that we're talking about this, but um, mm-hmm. it's, you've also apparently had a party Saturday night at his house. That's according to part uh, other people. I heard that part. Table of did. Yeah. Oh my God. He's such a one Seneca queen of heaven. Guy. He really? He's it's such a queen of heaven carnival guy. He's so beer 10. I love it. <laughs> I was like, you can't even keep, he's like, well, fuck the game's at night, right? Like, what do you mean? Yes, we, we got plenty of time. Um, I love it. 
I think that that thing is that's part of it, but that's something the head coach has to learn is to keep the foot on the pedal. His instinct is to muck it up when he has the chance. He saw the opportunity. He's like, let's get out of here. This game's crazy emotional. I want to keep it simple. And that he needed to play into the chaos of it because I think that would have helped this quarterback out. 110%. Speaking of helping the quarterback out, um, we'll go like 30 seconds tops here. And then maybe we haven't talked about defense at all. So I'll say a name of a player and we'll each give three words about how how they went. Okay. So Dalton Kincaid, people are mad that we didn't use him deep. He is a yak daddy. I don't care. We need to use him shallow and deep six yards through the air, 22 after the catch. Love how they use Dalton Kincaid. Use him a little bit more down the field though. Feel any differently? Oh, I loved, I I just want to see him get targeted more. I want to see more targets to the tight ends. They only had eight targets, but I loved the way that they were kind of, I loved the way that they were deployed. And I thought Knox had a really bad grade on PFF. Maybe it's blocking wise and everything else, but I liked the routes that he was on. I liked the way that Dorsey kind of used him and Kincaid, same thing. I just don't think Allen looked towards them enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's going to come. I think maybe they might not have wanted to use Kincaid too much, put too much on his plate. I agree. I think they're going to learn that, you know, they, McDermott even said it, we need that number two option. Kincaid can be that. He can be an eight target a game guy. Mm -hmm. I am absolutely convinced. A few short, a few long. There we go. Uh, Defense, Leonard Floyd, somehow most underrated signing of the entire offseason, maybe by any team. Anything else? Um, no, the, the one bright spot, I think the biggest bright spot of me of this game is that defensive line is elite. And when Von Miller comes back, they are going to be downright scary. And, uh, yeah, I think Rousseau definitely took a step up. Like people said, because Leonard Floyd gets the credit for the sacks, but that was a lot of Greg Rousseau making those yeah, things. Yeah, Rousseau good. gets an assist on that one. It won't yeah. show up in the stat sheet, but 110%. Yeah. Um, Terrell Bernard. So a little shaky at first was fine throughout the game after. Yay, nay. Well, Ms. Terrell Bernard, I, I'm not. I haven't watched the tape of this play. Haven't watched an all 22. Haven't watched Cover One's all 22 breakdown of this. So I have no. Good I've luck. only seen it happen once. Yeah. But what Sean McDermott I know is is has a propensity to is chunk plays and that secondary. And specifically, Terrell Bernard looked mighty slow when Brees Hall broke through and got 80 yards. Another play, missed opportunity in that game after Josh's uh, arm punt there that he threw. Whereas yeah. it was a very cons- – we saw Jalen Warren run through that defense. We, we just saw Brees Hall in the, in the preseason, I mean. We just saw Brees Hall do it the other game. I've seen it too many times. Uh, Tyreek Hill is the person I'm – thinking of every single time when I talk about speed in the oh, secondary, oh, I've man. seen Jordan Poyer chase too many people in my life. That's what I'm going to say. And I think I'm just worried about the speed in the secondary. I know Micah Hyde and Poyer both got graded high, but I'm worried about the speed in the secondary for chunk plays and, and dealing with the speed that they're going to have to deal with. That's Hyde, Poyer and white white still coming off an injury. We don't know what his top line speed can be at this point. He looks decent again, but I think that didn't Garrett Wilson get that catch on him in the end zone there too, or was that Benford? Because I don't really – I didn't watch it after. The Garrett Wilson catch in the end zone was Trey White. It was Trey. That's what I thought. Yeah. So and Garrett played the ball away from – that was one of those like – Garrett was amazing. It was an amazing catch. It's it's literally like like Tate Thompson in the face-off dot, Ovi in the yeah. face-off dot, Crosby with the puck on a stick, that sometimes there's just nothing you can do. Yeah. And that was one of those plays. I yeah. So just just something I'm monitoring is those chunk plays and the speed in the secondary who, while they are great, they are old. And that's just a fact. 
Like mm-hmm. besides Benford, who is the guy that got after it. He was in. Yeah, was nah, Benford's dog. a dog. I'm I'm so in on Christian Benford. It's I am so game. fucking in on Christian yeah. Benford. Oh my god. Uh, very out on though, and and I was talking about it last year, and I don't want to do a victory lap over someone's career nearly being over, but Jordan Poyer is cooked. That's what I said. I'm tired of watching him chase people. Like the, yeah, he if, can't I'm, do it anymore. So I'm very you know. worried. I'm very worried yeah. about Miami, and it's very. too far ahead. But mm-hmm. to see what Tua was able and. Another conversation that we could have is the Chargers are might just be complete frauds and implode this year because I feel like they're kind of due for a year like that. And so that game might look a lot better on paper than it right now than it will in the future because I'm really not a big believer in the Chargers, especially mm-hmm. the way that defense looked. Because that's an ex- everybody talks about the Bills being an expensive roster. That's an expensive ass roster. Right that now. is an expensive um, roster. And, oh my god, yeah. But I'm just I'm. I'm terrified of the speed in the secondary, so that D-line needs to be elite. And maybe they will be. Maybe they won't be. I think they are right now. I hope Vaughn is back, you know, after London. I would assume he's not playing in London, but maybe he will. Um, Mm -hmm. But it feels like week six is what they're going to aim for, give him that ramp up, travel, everything, just see how he reacts, all that good stuff. And this defensive line could be what carries them eventually. And you know what has happened a lot in NFL history? Wait. What's that, Jake? A team in a tough division, as Tim Graham wrote an excellent article on on The Athletic about teams that have come out of tougher divisions are the only ones who win in Super Bowl history, basically. And this team could be a wild card team. They could be 10 and 7, 11 and 6 and not win this division. And if they have a top three defensive line and Josh Allen in the playoffs, that's a formula that's won a lot of Super Bowls. The Ravens, yep. Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, both times they won Super Bowls. And Josh Allen's a hell of a lot better than both those quarterbacks. There's yeah, other yeah. The Eagles defensive line with Foles a couple years ago was a major reason they beat Brady. Like, in the Super Bowl, that's like a cheat code is having the elite defensive line. And the Bills have that this year if the health thing breaks right. So that's the thing I'm most bullish on, for sure. Yes. Um I think I'm good then. I think I've gotten all my bill stuff out. I think we all set right. it up at the end pretty nicely. So what so. is it? Slept on, sleep on? How are we? Yes. What are we? Na- okay. Sleep on, sleeping on. So basically, guys, I, ca- I was in the shower this morning and I thought of something fun. Um, we're just going to have a little new segment coming up called uh, Sleep on, Sleeping on. Basically, some things that people are sleeping on and some people things should sleep on. So sleep on, sleep on this. Sleeping on, you are sleeping on this. Sleep on. Uh, it's late because the game already started, but the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I think you should be, kind of be sleeping on them tonight. They honestly barely scraped by the New England Patriots. They were kind of handed a 16-point lead that they kind of like the Bills. It seemed I was getting Philadelphia Eagles vibes from the Bills on Monday night. So uh, sleep on the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. I saw in our pick graphic. I liked the uh, I like the Eagle, the Vikings to cover the six and a half tonight. Love them to win outright, honestly. Um, and uh, yeah, I saw before game started, it, the spread was down to five and a half. So I think some sharp money came in on the Vikings towards the end there. So, oh shit, I didn't check my fantasy lineups. Well, that's a shame. Okay, uh, and then one more sleep on is uh, those aliens in Mexico. I don't think they're real. You can sleep on them. I don't think they're real. Oh, you don't think they're real? See, I think I people, think I think the collective public is just like, bro, like we've known these things. Like you're not giving us any information. I've oh, seen Dobra no. aliens in that. 
Yeah, no, I'm a big alien guy. Huge yeah, alien guy. I know guy you are, yeah. Yeah, no, like Tom DeLong was right. Respect Tom DeLong. But uh just those shoulders, there's something about those shoulders that just that just don't there's something it about looks it. too much E. T. Like I feel like they just also took E. T. made them bulkier and was like, Hey, look at mm-hmm. our aliens. We yeah, have them too. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no. It's shoulders look too much like 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 curvy and kind of like mine, honestly, which isn't good for me. But okay. Uh, yeah, no, no. So I think sleep on the Eagles and sleep on those Mexican aliens. I don't think they're real. Okay. Um people are sleeping on Jordan Love still. And we're into going into last week. And what did he do? He came in, played one of the most efficient games of the week, walked into yeah. a division rival, the biggest rivalry in all of the NFL, and made it so bad that McCaskey showed up to Hallis Hall and had a meeting with uh with Ryan Poles. And uh, why the coach's name is escaping me right now for some reason, Eberflus, to demand mm. what the hell happened and how did they let Jordan Love do this to the Bears? So I think people are sleeping on Jordan Love. He's already, yes. um, already in the Bears' head. And mm-hmm. again, the reason I'm so high on him is, I mean, name me a bad Packers quarterback. So I'm still just holding out. <laughs> I'll hold out on that one for as long yes. as I can. Uh, I have another. I have another football sleep on, and I have two other ones. Do you have more? You have two. I more have. Sleep-ons? So I gave you my two sleep ons. I'll give you my okay. two sleep ons after you're done. Okay. Well, then I'll go. I'll say do the same thing as you. I think it's time to. I'm a huge comic book fan. My dad and brother and I. Please, this is a cheap plug. Ye old comic shop on Facebook. If you like comics, selling mm. them on Saturday. We have a ton of them. So this oh. is from a pure place of love. It's okay to sleep on Marvel right now. I did not watch Secret Invasion. I'm not excited about the Marvels. I don't think they've earned it right now. Star Wars content is hitting. I know that Ahsoka is supposed to I haven't seen it this week's, but it's okay. been good. The show's been good. I think HBO, you know, go watch some Game of Thrones, do stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that DC might be, I mean, with that Superman movie, who knows? If, if, they, if Superman hits in, a, in next year when it comes out pe- superman's bigger than everything if superman movie is good the world's going crazy for superman and batman again so i think if you want to sleep on marvel right now i think it's okay i'm not i'm not i haven't been excited about the direction this is coming from a guy who has been at every single premiere even early premieres sometimes mm. little little i had some we had some polls we've been we have been I've been up at three in the morning watching Marvel movies. Sometimes I love this shit so much. It's okay. It's okay to sleep on it. That's going to make some people mad, but that's okay. No, I mean, I think there's so much coming out from it right now. A lot of content. Always is. A lot of content. And especially bring it up again, the writer's strike, uh, you know, and Oh, also sleep on Drew Barrymore, by the way. No, don't. Yeah. And Bill Meyer. Yeah. And Bill Meyer. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't blame you for that. I don't blame you for that at all. Honestly, I, um, I've never been the biggest Marvel guy, but the what's stopped me from getting into it is the mass amount that they do now. And I think just it, enough, enough, enough is enough. It's overwhelming. Yeah. It truly is. It's hard for a casual non-Marvel fan. to. I caught up with my girlfriend because we were just, you know, like the last year or so. And that I've told her so many times as and she was willing to do it and liked it and everything. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't have kept going if she didn't like it. But I was like, remember, like, these came out over 12 years. We don't need to watch these at like any crazy pace. Like if you need six months, like that's okay. Cause that's how the movies came out too. So it is like a lot, but you got 
12 years of movies to go through. So yeah, yeah. like I'm not a binger either. So that's why like I'm with yeah. you. Like I'm no, I can't. I am. I wish I was watching TV in the '90s when things came out at eight o'clock. I do agree with that. I like that regimented schedule. I really do. And I like like having a week to like breathe with a show and then come back to it. Yes, that's why I love Only Murders in the Building. Do you watch that show? I've I've not even started yet, but I've heard great things. Okay, well now you'd have to binge it. But in the season they're in right now, obviously it's coming out as it goes every week, every Tuesday, and so yeah, I, I do love that um my my sleeping on people are sleeping on the los angeles rams shout out steve richardson um that Shameless plug here this is this is just work brownie points right here now it Trying is work brownie points, right. <laughs> no honestly <laughs> like, it, he and i were talking at work the other day and i said you know for years now they've gotten shit done with aaron donald and insert rant insert two other big names and nobody else and i just don't think they're going to be able to do it again this year and what did they do they got it done in, at least in the first week of the season now are the are the seattle seahawks cooked they could be cooked you know they might be flambéed. they might have been in the oven a little bit too long who knows under the broiler not too great but honestly matt stafford is still matt stafford he got shit. That's not a that's not a schmucky Seattle defense. He got shit done with with Puka fucking Nakua, who no one heard of unless you're deep in dynasty fa- or fantasy football like I am. Um, I think the Rams they're not going to compete for the division this year, but they are going to make a lot of teams have some tough conversations. They're in that category right now. Like we didn't beat the Rams. That's not bad, but like that's not good. Um, yeah. And people are also sleeping on ginger snaps. Laura and I were at Big Lots last night, and she got me a bag of ginger snaps. And oh my god, are they the most underrated cookie on the planet? Just so good. Love ginger snaps. I agree. All right, my first one. I, I had a different sleeping on, but as my cat really wants to play ball, he's like, "This podcasting has been going on too late tonight." People oh, sleeping on cats always. Yeah, People be sleeping on cats, yeah. People be sleeping on cats. This cat hates being held, though. He's out. He's watching the cartel. <laughs> yeah, it's like me. Um, and so, yeah, people are sleeping on the cats. Don't sleep on cats. Sleep Don't on sleep the Chargers. On. I kind of already explained that. I'm yes. sleeping. I am a Brandon Staley hater. I mm-hmm. think that team is a mess. I feel bad for Justin Herbert, but I think good days are on the way. But they have to go through some torment this year. And I just think I think that's an expensive roster. I think they've got some things to look at. And I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't feel good about the Chargers this year again. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked them to miss the playoffs, and that defense just maybe every defense is going to look like that against the Dolphins. But you thought that maybe. the Chargers would be able to make that a game of like you know make make it a more difficult game for Tua to play, and he had everything. He could do whatever he wanted the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, including fumble on the one yard line and still win. Good for yeah. him. Good for you, Tua. <laughs> All right, let's go watch some football. Yeah, let's go watch some football. What are, uh, any any feelings for the game tonight? It's three nothing Philly right now. Um, I just hope that AJ Brown and Devontae Smith both score p- touchdowns. Devontae I, Smith I don't know what's going to happen already. So yeah, he had a sixty yard catch, but he did. Yes, yeah, so good for you. I need AJ Brown and Deontay, DeAndre Swift. So let's. Um, okay. Thoughts and prayers to both of us. Yes, let's get. I, I think there's going to be a lot of points tonight. I'm, I like yes. the over. So. Big points game. Big points game here. See ya.